to On Air with Clean Air Council. I'm your host, Katie Edwards. For those of you not familiar with us, Clean Air Council is a member-supported, nonprofit environmental organization dedicated to protecting everyone's right to a healthy environment. The council is headquartered in Philadelphia and works through public education, community advocacy, and government oversight to ensure enforcement of environmental laws. Today we have with us Titania Marklin, Transportation Outreach Coordinator for Clean Air Council, who's going to be talking about Feet First Philly and its very exciting mini-grant project, now renewed for a third year. Feet First Philly is a volunteer group sponsored by Clean Air Council that advocates to improve pedestrian environment, protect the rights of pedestrians, and encourage walking as a mode of transportation for exercise and recreation. Hi, Titania. Thank you for joining us today. First, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your role at Clean Air Council? So my role at the Clean Air Council as an outreach coordinator, I started in 2020 in the pandemic, which was interesting. But I also was a volunteer here since 2019, October. I had a background in environmental science and policy management. In college, I studied atmospheric science, where my project was all about working on how can we reduce pollution from the agri-sector. Transferring that knowledge to the transport sector is unique because if you think about the pollution sectors, transportation is like the largest sector right now in the country overall. And so when 2020 steps in and I was able to work on that team, it was amazing. My background, I am originally from Jamaica. I'm a track runner. I run the 400 meter in college, in high school. And I also represented my country doing that as well. But also the main thing that you know characterized me is that I love the environment which makes me um, fit for being at a cleaner council <laughs> as an outreach coordinator for the transport team. I work with the mission of you know, educating people about our different transportation issues that we're working on. I do work on our advocacy group, which is Feed First Philly, which you mentioned earlier. And one of the main projects there is our mini grant, which we'll discuss further later. Great, Titania. Let's jump right into Feed First Philly. Can you tell us about its mission and how this advocacy group started? So as you mentioned earlier, Katie, it's a volunteer group and we work mainly on advocating for pedestrians' rights. It started in 2012 when Clean Air Council actually hosted a walkability forum. Passionate advocates were able to attend and, you know, being passionate, they wanted to figure out how can we identify the different issues that prevent pedestrians from feeling safe in the city. And so the group was formed based on that forum because they wanted to make a change. There are council staff that works directly with these volunteers to figure out the main aims that were mentioned, how to raise awareness for these pedestrian issues, improve the pedestrian environment, and protect pedestrians' rights. We also work on figuring out how can we have people walking more for transportation reasons, maybe going to work, going to the store, and also for recreation and exercise, as it's good that public health is also important, and if people are able to walk more, we can able to you know, be a healthier community for sure. You mentioned that this is a volunteer group. Can you tell me more about that structure and how volunteers are actually driving most of this work? As a volunteer group, there are a few committees that are formed, and these are all volunteer-led. And so even though council staff works directly with them, they direct the work. We work with them to make sure that we're able to get things on the website, but they come with the vision, the mission. These things are what's going on that they actually are passionate about. For one, we have the steering committee. It's placed to make top-level decisions, what 
petitions we should be putting out there, what things should be signed, what policies we should be working on. They make those top-level decisions, but we also have three main committees, the events committee, the policy committee, and the communications committee. Their names actually um, tell you what they do. <laughs> so, you know, they work on planning and promoting various events, what policies are affecting pedestrians in Philadelphia and even around Philadelphia. Communications, on the other end, work on how can we get our messaging out there to know what we're working on, to know what's important to us and how they can actually help us. So is Feet First Philly something that our listeners can join in and work on? Absolutely. Listeners can definitely join in and work. There are a couple ways. One, it's simply by emailing us at feedfirstphilly at cleanair.org. Just letting us know you're interested in joining the group. You can go to our website, which is feedfirstphilly.org. And under the About tab, you'll see the committees listed there. And so under those committees, you can select what one you want to join. And there you'll find the direct emails of the leaders who are leading those committees. Also, we mentioned that we have a steering committee. There's a form on our website you can fill out to be a part of that committee. That's great. I hope some of our listeners take the initiative and, and work with you on Feet First Philly. Let's talk a little bit about some of the things that Feet First Philly has accomplished since it started. Feet First Philly, we're actually celebrating our 10-year anniversary right now. There's been a laundry list of stuff that we have accomplished since 2012. But just to name a few things that we have done that we're um, really proud of and we continue to work on these issues. So first of all, we have our mini-grant program, which we're able to give local community groups funding to improve a public space of their choice. We have developed two walk audit tools. Walk audits are tools that actually train community members or community groups of how to identify issues that are preventing them from walking safely in their neighborhood. It could be at an intersection or at a corridor. And so you're able to figure out what speed our vehicle is traveling at, how wide is the sidewalk. These are different aspects in the walk audit. And since the past 10 years, we've done maybe a dozen of these, and they have been really influential in helping communities identify what issues prevent them from walking safely in their neighborhood. We've also, you know, raised awareness around illegal parking, walking across walks, sidewalks, stuff like that, that actually prevent pedestrians or vulnerable road users from getting from one place to the next. And it also forces them into the street. We have this social media campaign called Not a Parking Spot because we want to make everyone aware that, you know, please park your car where you're not impeding others from using the sidewalk or getting across the street. We also have worked on advocating for recovery streets, especially during the opening months of the pandemic when things were shut down and we want to be able to have open streets for everyone to just walk around, play. Kids can just play in the street and feel safe. And as you've seen, you know, restaurants having those parklets is really amazing. And I think a lot of people enjoy that. One last thing I'll mention is that we work with the coalition during the 2015 mayoral election to develop a better mobility platform that advocates for Vision Zero policy in Philadelphia. Vision Zero is a policy that eliminates traffic violence to zero. We don't want to have anyone dying because of any crashes or stuff like that. And that's where the Vision Zero policy comes about. Titania, you mentioned your mini grants project. I'm really excited to dig more into that. But before we get to it, I want to give some context for why Feet First Philly's work on pedestrian safety is so important. So here's the first obvious question. How safe are Philadelphia's streets for pedestrians? Street safety in Philadelphia is relative. I'll say some streets are safer than others. Our most dangerous streets are designed to prioritize personal vehicle speed over safety of pedestrians and other road users. 
And this just didn't come out of the tin here, right? We have data from the Vision Zero network that shows that 80% of traffic death and severe injuries occur on just 12% of Philadelphia's streets. And that is referred to as the eye injury network. These roads are actually located in, you know, poorer neighborhoods for sure. Pedestrians are among the most vulnerable road users. And so when they're involved in a crash, they are more likely to be killed or severely injured. Every year, more than 40 people are killed while walking. Even one pedestrian death is one too many. And that's how dangerous Philadelphia streets are. Yeah, I agree. Even one death is one too many. You mentioned that street safety is relative here in Philly. Why is that? That's a good question, Katie. Thank you. Some neighborhoods, they actually receive more investment than others. And this is one of the reasons why some streets are safer than others. The level of wealth that is in an area plays a role as richer neighborhoods are able to be cleaner, they have better sidewalks, more infrastructure, and amenities that are in working conditions. If you're in a poorer neighborhood, for sure, you have less amenities, you have poor sidewalks, there's less investment in these areas. More of the dangerous roads are located in lower income neighborhoods. So as I mentioned earlier, the ING network, which is 12% of the roads in Philadelphia, where 80% of the crashes happened, and more people are being killed in that area. Now, if they're located in lower income areas and communities of color, then that reflects the people who are affected the most. I imagine cars are the top issue, but what other things impact Philadelphia's safety and walkability for pedestrians? Yes, cars are the top issues. Both while they're moving or parked, because they can be parked illegally and preventing pedestrians from getting around safely, forcing them into the street. But other issues that actually affect pedestrians include broken or missing sidewalks, the lack of infrastructure such as benches for resting, bathrooms, trees for shade, poor lighting, trash on the sidewalk. These issues actually affect the way you would walk in an area. For example, let's say we're walking down a street and there's trash all over. We'd want to cross that street, right? Because we don't want to step over all these things. So let's say we're elderly and we're walking and there's no benches to take a rest or sit for a while. That prevents where we walk. And so they may seem little to some people, but they're big things for pedestrians if you're, you know, depending on walking to get to your destination. Also, I want to talk about construction. Especially in Center City, there's always construction going on on buildings, right? And if there's no temporary sidewalk or anything to protect pedestrians, they are actually forced into the street. And now cars are coming by, they are more likely to get hit by these cars. Feet First Philly focuses on these issues because we want to improve the pedestrian environment, especially for elders, kids, and persons with disabilities, because they are the most vulnerable. But we are all pedestrian at some point, you know, no one ever drives from inside your house to inside a building or whatever. Right. And so you are pedestrian at some point. And so making the pedestrian environment safe for everyone is important. What are some things that we can do to increase pedestrian safety? That's a good question. And I think of it in the sense of what can I do to be a better pedestrian, right? What can I do to ensure that an elder, you know, because I am personally very mobile, right? And so walking along a sidewalk that is broken or has something blocking it, I can get over it easily. But for someone using a wheelchair, that's more difficult for them. 
we have to be aware of these issues for sure. Apart from being aware and knowledgeable about these issues, the way that we can help is if you see something, um, if you're able to move something from another way, do that. But also joining groups like Feed for Silly. Join our group to talk about these issues and see what things we're working on and maybe how you can help directly. But one thing you can actually do is, you know, call your elected officials. If you see a broken sidewalk somewhere, if you see an issue, you could say, you know, call them, make them aware of what this issue is, put it on their radar. I'm really glad that you brought up calling elected officials and telling them about these pedestrian issues. How are some other ways that Feet First Philly is advocating for pedestrian safety? Over the years, Feet First Philly has been involved in policy work, grassroots campaigns, where we try to raise the voice of pedestrians. We draw awareness to the issues pedestrians are facing in the city. We have done this by using different tools. They are all on our website and accessible to everyone. So we encourage people to use them or reach out to us to get better understanding of what they are. The first one I'll talk about is our pedestrian advocacy guide. It has the different issues that affect pedestrians and there are linked city resources that people can use to help solve these issues. So, for example, um, 311 is a city resource that helps you to report illegal dumping and other issues in your neighborhood. And so the guide is highlighting different issues in the pedestrian environment and what resources the city has that you can access to um, solve these issues. I have mentioned earlier about our walk audit tool. There are two types. We have an intersection walk audit and a corridor walk audit. An intersection, you know, when two streets meet, what's preventing you from getting from one side to the next? In the corridor now, it could be, you know, you're walking from point A to point B, what's along that corridor? Like what prevents you from getting back and forth safely? We use these tools to examine how walkable the area is, what factors that reduce walkability in that area. Results from these walk audits are generally used to convince elected officials and other stakeholders of what needs to be done to improve pedestrian safety. We also have our Not a Parking Spot campaign, and this is an all year round social media campaign where we ask the public to document illegally parked vehicles. For example, a vehicle parked in a crosswalk or on the sidewalk that's preventing pedestrians from getting from one place to the next easily. Anyone can participate. This campaign is on Twitter. And so if you see an illegally parked vehicle, anywhere that actually forces pedestrians into the street, you can take a picture, post it with the location on Twitter, using the hashtag NotAParkingSpot and then tagging Feed First Philly. The main aim is to identify where in the city we're experiencing the most acts of illegal parking to raise awareness of the impacts this issue has on pedestrians. I've actually done that. <laughs> I live in South Philadelphia, so you can imagine there are a lot of not a parking spot violations. Absolutely. Yes. South Philly is prime for that, yeah. for sure. <laughs> and the data that we've collected also shows that, too. Yeah. So thank you for posting. You're welcome. I will keep doing it. Well, I want to switch gears now and talk about the really exciting mini grant project that you have. Can you give me a quick explanation of what it's all about? What are the goals? Who can apply? What kinds of things can be proposed? Absolutely. The mini grant is my bread and butter. <laughs> I love this project. The Feed First Philly Public Space Enhancement Minigram Program provides funding to community groups between $500 and $2,000. So not a lot of money, but 
a little to do something for sure. And we give these to local community groups, individuals, or even businesses to enhance a public space of their choice. The funding that we get for these mini grants come from various places. For one, I'll mention the public health department through their preventative health and health services block grant. But we've also done, you know, crowdsourcing. We also had other grants through Penn Students Philanthropy. And this project aims to address the financial and technical barriers that individuals, organizations in different neighborhoods face because they have been less invested in and we provide these financial resources to help them create a space that is more accessible for them, um, you know, enhancing that public space. These mini-grants play a really big role. In the first two years we have done it, it's, it's been amazing to see the projects we have received. The main goal of the program is to continue impacting these communities, you know, across the city. Low-income communities and communities of color, they need investment in public spaces, and so we want to prioritize these areas, to get awareness around that, that these areas need this more than other areas for sure. Because Feed First Fill is a pedestrian advocacy group, the projects that are proposed, they must be open to the public. It cannot be a private entity in a sense where you have to pay to access this or whatever, right? We want it to be open to the public. It should improve safety or beauty or cleanliness or knowledge or a combination of all these things. But um, we encourage applicants to actually, you know, be creative because maybe what I'm thinking about is not what your community needs. And so you live there, you know what it needs. So be creative in like what you apply for. I'll also mention that people may be saying, I don't know what to apply for, right? I don't know what to put in my proposal. We do host one-on-one sessions where we're able to meet with potential applicants, hear what you're thinking that you want to apply for and be able to guide you. So the Feet First Philly mini grant program is in its third year. How did the first two years go? Amazing. (laughs) Great question, Katie. The first two years was super excited. We were in a learning phase of this for sure, because when you launch any program for the first time, you're learning to say, is this going to work out the way you envision it or what things to tweak along the way? But it was amazing. I think what may have surprised us is the number of applications and the level of applications we got. Everyone that applied, they were engaged. They wanted to do better for their community for sure. What I love was that we were able to engage with some amazing groups and individuals and build that relationship with them. Funded or not, we as a Clean Air Council and Feed First Philly, we have built relationships that will last forever. The first year of the project, we learned so many things because we were expecting projects to be more traditional safety-oriented projects. For example, you know, building bump outs that reduce the crossing distance for pedestrians, creating parklets, which will reclaim a parking space for pedestrians to use, projects that would improve visibility for pedestrians and slow vehicle speed. That's what we were thinking going into the mini-grant. But... The application we receive had a different vision. They were unique. Their vision of improving their public space was more creative than, than what we imagined. You know, we were just traditional, oh, let's keep safety, let's do it these ways. But as a member of the community, they had, you know, bigger visions that actually were more attainable with the money we were given. Interesting is that we received in the first year 33 projects. And then the second year, we almost doubled we received 63. 
So with this level of interest and the increase in number of application, I'll say the first two years has been very successful. That's so exciting. Congratulations on all of those applicants. Can you tell us a little bit about who was funded and what some of their projects were? As I mentioned before, we almost doubled in applications over the two years. But unfortunately, we were not able to double the amount of funding that we were able to give out. The first year, we funded seven amazing projects. Then we funded nine more the second year. A few of the projects I'll mention. First, a mural painting that was done on an old newsstand that was an eyesore. And our funding helped enhance and beautify the, the corridor. This was an amazing project. It was one of the top funded projects in the first year. Because of this project, this group called True and Shelton CDC are currently in conversation to transfer ownership to convert this old newsstand to a smoothie stand. And the profits from that smoothie stand will be invested into programs in the community. I mentioned mural, and so I'll stick with that. Another great project was Village Arts and Humanities. They were another amazing project that went in the line of painting across what mural. I hope you have seen, you know, beautiful crosswalks in other neighborhoods before. Um, so this group actually faced major challenges. The city did not have any clear process of how neighborhoods can install artistic crosswalks. And this actually brings up an equity issue because we have seen in the city, you know, richer neighborhoods that actually have artistic crosswalks. Their residents are better connected for sure. And... They didn't have to jump through the oops that Village Hearts had to went through and the setbacks that they experienced. And because they're located in a lower income area, they had to face these challenges. They had no one to talk for them, even though they were doing all the research, you know, going to all the right places, but just no one in those offices to push things forward for them. But as a result of this project, the city is having a process that any neighborhood can go and apply to have an artistic crosswalk installed. I mentioned that Feed First Philly, we want good sidewalks for everyone. And so broken or missing sidewalk is a big issue in Philadelphia. Thus, we were able to fund a project that actually fixed sidewalks. It's a goal for Feed First Philly overall, but being able to help a community group with little funding to do this was amazing. So Kensington Neighborhood Association was awarded to fix a sidewalk in their community. It was in front of their community garden. And so being able to fix that, you know, help to improve accessibility to that garden. But also our funding allowed them to secure additional funding, which allowed them to complete a longer stretch of sidewalk. Another big project that was funded twice, the first year and the second year, and they are the Cobbs Creek Ambassador Program. What's amazing is that they are a group of individuals that we were able to fund money to give to buy supplies. And these supplies help the ambassadors do cleanups, weekly cleanups of the park, Cops Creek Park, and recruit new ambassadors that were able to adopt sections of the trail. And so I've been on Cops Creek before where I've seen people doing this and I know, oh, we funded that project. Another unique project, and this is unique because this group hosted an event that actually engaged black men in the area to understand what barriers were preventing them from walking safely in their community. It was called the Black Men's Conference, and it was done by Centennial East Parkside CDC. From this event, they're able to do a survey which generated information that they'll use in the future to actually address these issues. 
I mentioned this because we may think that only infrastructure stuff may prevent us from walking safely. But in a black community, there may be different issues. And so this conference was created based on this group having knowledge that black men don't feel safe walking around because they have been, you know, racially profiled. And so that's also an issue. And so being able to fund this project was important because we want to know what issues are preventing people from walking safely in their neighborhood. If it's infrastructure, if it's social issues, we want to understand those things and see how best we can help fix these issues. diversity of these projects is so impressive. I'm glad you're able to do things from artistic sidewalk crossings to beautifying neighborhoods to fixing sidewalks. All of them are so important. And that brings me to my next question. Mini grants are coming back for a third year, right? Yeah, it is. What are you expecting this time around? First off, I'll say that we're expecting more applications. First year was 33, second year was 63. We hope to get over 100. And so with that, you know, we expect to be able to fund more projects. The last two years, we fund seven, then nine. Hopefully we can fund 12 or more. And you're already accepting applications for this program, right? Yes. Can you share any project ideas that you're excited about for listeners who might want to apply? Absolutely. Yes, we are accepting applications since August 1st. And so the window is open from now on to October 11th. From what we have seen in the past two years, I expect that people will be very creative. This year, we're open to see more projects targeting making an area safer for pedestrians and vulnerable road users. One main criteria for the mini grant is that the project should have a long-term effect. For this year, we hope to see more projects that have the potential to grow. As I mentioned with True and Shelton, you know, they painted a mural, but their potential to grow is that converting that new stand into a smoothie stand, which will generate money for them to do other programs in their neighborhood. So if your project can show the potential to grow, that is also um, a big criteria for the mini grant. And so think about long-term effect of your project. These communities can do so much with a small amount of resource. We're expecting that projects will tackle whatever issues that they're facing in their neighborhood. And it's going to be exciting because we have been through two years. And so now we have more knowledge of how to guide these applicants. And so it's already exciting. We have a couple meetings set up already. And so we're ready to see what people um, want to talk about with us and see how best we can help them. How exactly does someone go through the application process? Great question. Applying for a mini grant is very easy because we don't want to put people through any tedious process to get that little bit of money. We currently have two ways to apply for the mini grant. First, visit our website, feedfirstphilly.org. And under the resource tab, click on apply for our public space announcement. It will open up our blog. You're able to learn about the different projects that we have funded already to see what we have done and then get more info about the mini grants. You can apply by filling out our Google form, which is 
a link in the blog. There's also the option to download our request for proposal, which is the RFP. In the RFP, you'll see all the criterias, you'll see you know, what we're looking for, for sure. At the end of the RFP, you have the same questions in the Google form. And why we do this is that if you're not technology savvy to use a Google form, you can actually you know, download the RFP. I also mentioned that we have those one-on-one sessions. So if after listening to this podcast, you're still confused, like, oh, what do I do? Email feedfirstphilly at cleanair.org and we'll get on a meeting or Zoom call or something with you and help you figure out how to apply to our mini-grant. I mentioned earlier that applications are due October 11th. Also, between August 15th and October 1st, we're hosting those one-on-one sessions. And as I mentioned, it's easy. Just email us and we'll get you on our calendar for sure. Are there any other ways that someone can participate or support this mini-grant program? A few ways people can participate in a mini-grant program include, you know, sharing the information with others. People listening can support us by donating to Feed First Philly. Our mini-grant program is supported by a few small grants. But individual donations have helped us to actually fund more mini-grants. Last year, we were able to fund two additional projects just by our members and the public donating to us. And it's simple. Just go to our website, feedfirstphilly.org, and click on our donate button. Also, I'll say, join Feed First Philly, right? You may have a big project that is not able to be funded through the mini-grant, but maybe we have capacity to work with you on that in your community. So joining Feed First Philly is also a great way to be involved in the mini-grant and just the program overall. Titania, thank you for those resources. We'll add them to the show notes so it's easy for our listeners to know where to go. Just to recap really fast, to get involved in the mini grant program, we're looking for you to share the information about the mini grant program with your friends and family, apply for a grant yourself, support the grant program with individual donations, and then maybe even get involved in Feet First Philly and join one of our steering committees. Thank you to Tanya for sitting down with us today and having this conversation about Feet First Philly and the very important topic of pedestrian advocacy in Philadelphia. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. I enjoy the work we do for Feet First Philly. The volunteers are amazing. And being able to give community members money to fix public spaces is even more amazing. So thank you for having me and I hope everyone learned something today. To learn more about this work, visit feetfirstphilly.org. That's feetfirstphilly.org. Or check out their social media profiles at feetfirstphilly. Thank you to our listeners for tuning in to On Air with Clean Air Council. To support our work, please consider becoming a member at cleanair.org backslash donate. That's cleanair.org backslash donate. You can also follow us on social media at Clean Air Council on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. If you are learning from our podcast and like what you hear, please send this episode to your friends and family and check out our previous episodes of On Air with Clean Air Council, where we discuss other topics related to air quality and climate change. That can be found at cleanair.org backslash podcast.